You may be wondering about the title that I picked to speak about today. I took it directly from this verse in the New Living Translation from Psalm 92.14. And I did so with great reservation and with an editor's touch because I did not like the way that this verse read. The first verse, or the first word, even, even in old age, I don't like that. I want to change it. I want to say, in all ages, they will produce fruit, and they will be vital and green. However, today, I do want to look at the biblical record relating to God's call to people as they age. But before we look at the biblical record, let's think about how our society sees people who are aging. This picture rather humorously sums it up. The writer Elliot Essman wrote, Present-day American attitudes about the elderly have been reinforced by a century full of media, particularly movies and television. From the 1950s onward, a great culture of youth, fed by heroes like James Dean and his successors over the decades, emerged and strengthened. Old people were left out of the picture. The period after World War II also saw great mobility in America, which led to the breakup of large extended families. The old person was no longer seen as a useful memory member of the family team, but rather as a drain on the family's resources. This is another humorous example. I, do I have to open a new window? We're in the middle of winter. Shows a woman trying to learn the computer. And... And the youth culture did another great disservice in stereotyping older folks as chronically ill, unable to work, behind the times, slow thinking, being useless financial burdens on society. Add to that the idea that old people could actually fall in love is seen as embarrassing to many Americans, old, young, and in between. So I've asked Twyla, representing the in-between group, I want to be clear about that, to, to read the scriptures that I have selected from both the Old and the New Testament. And while there are many from which I could choose, these are the two that I chose to focus on this morning. Psalm 71, 15 to 18. I will tell everyone about your righteousness. All day long I will proclaim your saving power. Though I am not skilled with words, I will praise your mighty deeds, O sovereign Lord. I will tell everyone that you alone are just. O God, you have taught me from my earliest childhood, and I constantly tell others about the wonderful things you do. Now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this new generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. In Matthew 15, 3 to 9, Jesus replied, And why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? For instance, God says, Honor your father and mother. I, I, and anyone who speaks disrespectful of father or mother must be put to death. But you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, Sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. 
In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents, and so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. Now that I am old... Wait, hold up. I'm done. There we go. (laughs) As I said, there were a number of scriptures that I could have chose from. So as I get ready to start this part, let's pause for a word of prayer. God, you have given scriptures to us as a way to help us in whatever stage of life we find ourselves. Whether we are young in age or old in age, the scriptures have something for us. Help us to look at this today and to think about how we may be able to continue to serve you and to bless others no matter what part of life we find ourselves in. In your name, amen. So there are so many I could have chosen from. There are a lot of scriptures about aging in both the Old and New Testament, but I wanted to pick two that weren't quite as familiar, at least to me, maybe they are to you. And I wanted to look a little bit at what, what is happening in both the Old Testament and the New Testament scripture. The writer Stephen Cole says, Psalm 71 is a psalm of an old man. He is an old man with many trials and problems, but he is obviously a joyful old man who is able to put his focus on the Lord even in the midst of these trials. The psalm shows us, to put it simply, that God's way to grow old is to develop a walk with him now. The reason the psalmist could handle his problems so well as an old man is that he had developed a walk with God earlier in the years. He had a proven resource in the Lord which enabled him to be strong inside, even though his body was growing weaker and his enemies were powerful. And scholars aren't 100% sure if David wrote this psalm or possibly Jeremiah. Both would have been able to write this and say the words about being old and gray and wanting to pass on their learnings to future generations. And relating this back to the sermon title, It shows an older person being green by sharing what God has done with them, with those who follow behind, no matter what his age. Biblical scholars are much more clear about what Jesus was talking about in this scripture. Apparently what was happening was some folks were handing over money to the church And then turning around and saying, I don't have any money. I can't possibly care for my aging parents. This left their parents to be supported by the church rather than families doing it themselves. And because the church had been so strong in supporting families who didn't have someone to help them, people were using this loophole in the law to avoid needing to help their own families. And Jesus is calling them out on this. But it also points out the importance that Jesus places on the commandment of honoring one's parent. It was so important that it was even woven into the early church's DNA of caring for people. And I want to think about what it means for the church to follow the teachings of the Bible, how we walk together with folks who are aging, 
And certainly, as I said, there are lots of references to the wisdom of elders in the Old Testament. I know I am certainly more and more likely to identify with Proverbs 16.31, which says a gray head is a crown of glory and that it is found in the way of righteousness. But as I looked at the Old Testament scriptures, these three themes seem to float to the top. In fact, in the Ten Commandments, honoring parents was an imperative. And it wasn't just tied to personal behavior. It says for the children of Israel to be able to live long and prosper, they needed to honor their parents. And there are plenty of examples in the Old Testament of where people honored their parents. But I remember one specifically that always struck me was the way that Joseph brought his father and his brothers to Egypt even after he had been mistreated and in some ways forgotten by them because he was protecting them from the famine. He was honoring his father even at a a time of precarious uh, food situation. Writer Warren Carter keenly points out a place of continuity between the Testaments in this. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament talk about honoring, caring, and listening to the wisdom of our parents and elders. In fact, Professor Carter points out that in ancient times in the early church, this command would have been made to people who were living in multi-generational homes, and it required a lifelong commitment to both honoring and caring for parents. This is a deeply personal topic for me, not only professionally, but in my own life. I just returned from spending most of a week helping my parents get ready to move into a retirement community. None of my siblings and I live close to my parents. I live 10 hours away. Two of my siblings are in Colorado. One lives about two hours away from my parents. What do these instructions mean to me at this time where I don't live near my parents who are aging? How do I honor them? How do I care for them? How do I listen to the wisdom that they have when I am not in the same place that they are? Now that we have looked at what the children of Israel and the New Testament church did when caring for those who had lived a number of years, I want to get back to the sermon title today and make sure that I don't add another stereotype to those two pictures that I showed earlier. Please don't get me wrong. I don't want the metaphor of a fall season of your life to mean you just hang around waiting to fall. I think that God wants us to be actively involved in the kingdom, no matter what stage of life or season of life that we are in. To those who are older than me, I say we need you. We need to hear the ways that you felt by called by God to the work that you did in your career, in your church, and in your family relationships. We desperately, in my opinion, need to hear the stories of how you may have sacrificed career moves and other things to serve the cause of peace rather than serving the God of war. To those who are younger than me, we need to listen well to those who have been around the block a few more times than us. That doesn't mean there isn't time for change or that age always means that someone gets it right. 
but we certainly need to learn at listening, learn to do better at listening well. And for all of us together, I would say, please be reminded that for our natural order to work well, at least here in South Central Pennsylvania, we need all seasons. We need people who are fresh and green no matter what the season is. The scriptures point to those who are aging many places as being active participants in the life of God's children. And these two trees illustrate this well. The one on the left is an ancient olive tree on the Greek island of Crete, and is believed to be between two and 3,000 years old. And it is still producing olives that are prized for their taste and their oil. On the right is a tree in Iran that is 4,000 years old. Now, do you realize that means that it was over 1,000 years old when Jesus was born? Think about that for a moment. In fact, that tree was a sapling when humans were first experimenting with wheels that had spokes. And that tree still stands and produced shade. Both illustrate well the need for us to be strong and be vital and be producing fruit in the kingdom of God no matter what season of life we find ourselves in. How can we be the church to those who are aging and need assistance? Especially as not only the church ages, but the culture around us age. And this is where I'm going to turn and talk to those of you who are, let's say, more mature in age than myself. You know, there are times when we who are younger can do things. Those of you who are aging, you may need to get out of your comfort zone and be willing to ask for help. Often we who are younger than you are willing to help. We just want to know what is helpful to you. Be willing to ask. Another thing we can do is be willing to listen. What are those who are aging in this congregation and throughout the area need from the church? And that's one of the reasons that when Landis communities started to listen, we listened to churches, we listened to individuals and congregations, we listened to church agencies to try to find out what is it that our society needs. Many of the examples I showed today of what Landis Communities is doing come directly out of listening to those who have come before us. Be willing to think outside the box, and I think that applies to us no matter what age we are. What new models are out there? Have family conversations about this. It may be uncomfortable, it may be a little bit odd, but have those conversations. Have those conversations with your peers. I would encourage Sunday school classes of folks maybe from their 20s to their 50s engaging with this question of what does it mean as our parents and grandparents age and there's only a couple of children instead of eight or nine children. What does it mean? How are we going to work with this? What would it, make, what would it need to make new models work? If someone steps out in faith and does, tries a new model, how can we be supported? There's a group for a number of years who's been trying to figure out a way to figure out a, a, a process called 
um, intergenerational co-housing. That's a long word. It basically means a group of houses on the same property. You live in your own house, but you intentionally share some of the resources that would allow you to be able to live in, in a community with folks who are aging. And I really think that that for, to, appeals to people in my own generation. Because we aren't sure quite yet how we want to retire or if we will ever be able to retire. But many of us don't live where our grandparents and our parents live. And I want my children to grow up with elders and models of what it means to be followers of Christ as they age. And how else do we do that if it's not done intentionally within the church or certainly within the community? So help Listen, explore, and finally, above all, pray. Pray for those in this congregation who are aging and may see a diminishing of their resources or a diminishing of their abilities. Pray, how can you be involved? How can you help? How can you listen? All of those kind of things are important. I adapted a prayer called a prayer of an aging Jesuit that might be able to guide all of us as we think about this. Dearest Lord, teach us to grow old gracefully. Help us to see the community does no wrong when it gradually takes duties from those who have done their turn and deserves a break. Help us to be cautious when the community no longer seems to seek the views of those who are aging. Rid us all of pride in the wisdom or the strength that we have. Rid us of the illusion that we are indispensable. Help us during this time of gradual detachment from earthly things to grasp the meaning of your law of time. And please, Lord, let us be useful no matter our age, contributing to the world our optimism, adding our prayers to the joyful fervor and courage of those who now take their turn at the helm. Let our lifestyle now become one of humble and serene contact with a world in change, shedding no tears for the past. I think if we can find ways to model that kind of an attitude as we age or as our situation changes, we will open ourselves up to hear from others and to interact with others so that all who are aging within a congregation, within a geographic area or whatever it may be, can find what they need no matter their circumstances. There are an awful lot of opportunities in this area to walk with folks who are aging and I would encourage you to prayerfully think about what that might be. Our congregation has been a part of Acts. Our congregation, or I'm sorry, of Love, Inc. Our congregation has done a number of other things to be involved with people as they age, but it doesn't need to be a formal thing. It can be picking up a phone and calling someone. It could be offering to do someone's yard, not because they can't do it, but because you can do it faster. Um, when I was just home, my dad broke mowing lawn into three days so he could do it. He didn't want anyone to help him, but it took him parts of three days to mow the lawn, and he didn't want to do it on a tractor. He wanted to still be pushing it. 
I gently tried to take the, the, the responsibility for the week I was there and said, I can mow the lawn for you. And he said, no. So we had our own little example of the kinds of back and forth that can happen where it can get a little messy. I couldn't understand why he wasn't willing to let someone else mow his lawn, and he couldn't understand why I was trying to take that task away from him. So I use that just as an example to all of us, whether in our work life, whether in our uh, family life, or whether in this congregation, to have that back and forth as we go through and go back and look at the scriptures that talk about how the early church and how the children of Israel worked with those who were aging in their own communities. Because I think we will find a path forward to do what God has called us to do while also caring for those around us and being a part of a community that values folks no matter what season of life they may find themselves in. Let's pray. God, the aging process is one that we don't often understand well, particularly when it affects people that we love. And we ask that all of us, no matter if we are the youngest person here or the oldest person here, we need to be reminded to be important parts of your kingdom and to be producing good, strong, and vital fruit. And as we go from this place and as we go throughout the week, we ask that we would be reminded of this and that we would find ways where we can begin to interact and can begin to move the, the conversations forward in terms of how do we as followers of Christ help our brothers and sisters no matter what age they are in. And we ask that as we leave today, we would be able to take this with us, apply it to our lives, and share it with others. In your name, amen. Worship folks come up to lead us in a closing song.